I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. We are Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. We release new episodes every Friday live on the Scene Snobs Network. And if you're more of an audio person, we got that too. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts and entertain this. Entertain this. Entertain this. And forget about it. Forget about it. it. Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cami. What up, Cami? Welcome back. Hi. Thanks, Bryant. How I'm you doing? doing? Yeah. Fantastic. How are you? No, I'm, I'm doing pretty darn good, too. Um, it's We had just had our Rumpelstiltskin episode go up. That was super fun. Um, you know, Mystery, we love to hit on random topics of epics tales and events this one's a really fun one we're going to the greco-roman roots this is this is a really cool story uh it reminded me a lot of the sort of damocles that we did about a month or so ago because going into it i was like oh the sword of damocles that's gonna be some badass dude it's a little different it's still a fun episode fun topic so check it out but this time we're gonna talk about the judgment of paris cammy who's paris where's paris Paris, Texas? <laughs> the Judgment of Paris, Texas? No. Uh, oh. Paris is a son of Troy, and he is known for his art, his skill in archery. That's right. Yeah. So King Priam, he's the king during the fall, the, 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 the fable of Troy. We have an episode on Troy. I highly recommend listening to it because it, it Troy is a really interesting place. In a nutshell, it's, it's, it's mythical, but there was a place but it was ancient even to the ancient Greeks. Like 8th century Homer, who wrote about this, where a lot of the sources come from, it was like a, a fairy tale to him in, in 800 BCE, like really long time ago. So that's right. The judgment of Paris, um, while, while Troy, the, the epics all related to this are epic in, in name, uh, it, it's, I, it's an important event, but like when you hear the word judgment, you think like divine and retribution and there's a lot of divinity in this. The gods are super involved. I didn't know and a lot like... of retribution <laughs> later. Yeah, But it, yes, but the judgment part isn't as like crazy as, as it may seem. So we'll get right into the story that Cammy has prepared to, to portray the judgment of Paris. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I use the OE.com uh, as Bryant usually uses. Oh, the best. Yeah. <laughs> For my sources because I didn't have the right Ovid material. <laughs> so <laughs> also just a little side note, you may know this as uh the story of the golden apple or something serious. Yeah. Uh, similar to that. Good point. So our story begins on the happy day of the union of Peleus and Thetis. The two, not wanting to curse their life together, invited all of the gods save one, Eris. We know her as Discord. She crashed the wedding, and as she was being thrown out, she tossed a golden apple to the crowd and said, For the fairest. 
Each goddess in attendance rushed to claim her prize. Hera, being the queen of them all, claimed the apple must be hers. Athena, through pure wisdom, argued that it was hers, and Aphrodite, who claimed surely it was meant for the goddess of love and beauty. There was no settling the matter. Each goddess would have equal claim in the eyes of Zeus. Therefore, he sent his trusty messenger, Hermes, to seek out a man worthy of choosing between the gods. Fair of face and skilled of bow, young Paris was chosen, and each goddess visited him in time, offering him gifts only the divine could offer if he chose them. Hera vowed to make him the king of all men and the wealthiest of mortals. Athena said she could ensure his victory in all wars, but only Aphrodite offered him a gift that men seek above all others. She promised him the affection of the most beautiful mortal, Helen. Paris deliberated, but he knew that his heart would win out, as it tends to. He gave the apple to Aphrodite. That night he set sail to retrieve his love from Menelaus, her husband, so that he himself might marry her. When he arrived at the palace of the king, Paris sought out his prize and wooed her with the tale of him choosing her over wealth and esteem in battle and a throne over all men. She thought his words were simple flattery, but she appreciated the lengths this man would go to to seek out her affection. And two, she appre appreciated his youthful beauty, so she agreed to come to Troy in the night with her new lover. And the next day, when the plot was divulged, Eris ensured every Greek hero led their army against the towers of Troy to avenge the injury of Menelaus. Each one, eager for war, manned their ships and hoisted their long black sails. And and what happens next? Nothing important, right? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I love Paris. He's like, yeah, babe. No, I could have been the king. Oh, yeah, like wars. No, nah, babe. It's for you, babe. Babe, don't worry, babe. <laughs> All you, babe. Um. Yes. So, everyone, this is sort of like the the prequel. This is the 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 Phantom Menace of the Iliad, um, essentially, because. This, you know, every I, whether you listen to the show um, where we talked about Troy and stuff like that or what have you, if you've seen the movie from 04 where the, the beautiful Orlando Bloom plays Paris um, and does a great job. This uh, is, is really this is huge. Um, I, I find like when I was reading the story and, and understanding it, I, I found it so wild to see how like in many of the tales, the tellings of it. The, like Paris is just chilling with the gods. Like, like it's just like, let's go see Paris. What's Paris up to? Let's go chill with, let's go to Troy, chill with them. And, and that's it. Now, again, th this is, this is extremely old. Uh, of course, Homer is a great source that we can recognize these sort of things. But um, I found it really interesting that there's sculptures and engravings dating between the four or eighth and fourth to the third century BCE that we have today that um show this judgment i mean it's a it's a pretty like paris being a very recognizable figure and and he's yeah it's 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 like the most important beauty contest ever basically and and it is it's so important it it, it ties in to so much because this you know we, we've kind of briefly mentioned on it but it's sort of a revelation that i've had the more and more we do these shows it's great i i you know the show is always meant to be sort of more approachable. We're not really making the show for like 
the grad student who's doing this because he's probably yelling at us because we're missing so many details. But um, Troy and, and and later Ovid would write the Aeneid. Um, what was that? Like 40 AD or something like that, right? Um, like first yeah, century it was AD? The, yeah. So, yeah. Or, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Anno Domini. Duh, no, just um, he... <laughs> He, you know, so this was, this was well when, so the Aeneid is basically about the fall of Troy and how the people, when they, when Troy was getting sacked by the angry Mycenaean dudes, um, they resettled and made Rome basically. And so the judgment of Paris is like the catalyst that gets him, uh, Helen of Troy um, who, who was Helen of Sparta and Ooh, kicks this I actually, all off. Um, I looked it up. The Aeneid, it, we're wrong. It's mm -hmm. it's BCE. It's, it was 19 BCE. Okay, I knew we were right on the cusp. Yeah, it's, it was, it's right there. Like right in yeah. the... Yeah. So right, yeah. You know, Roman so powers bad, high. <laughs> Greek culture gets super ingrained into Roman life. Um, and the Romans, instead of rejecting they're the, the enslaved Greeks, basically, you know, they, they took over the Greeks um, very forcefully, but the, there was a great, um, the Robert Garland, um, great courses thing uh, I listened to recently on Greek and Roman culture. They say um, uh, Greek, the captive made Rome, the captor or something like that, or I'm think I'm flipping that up anyway, even though Rome took them over Greek culture, took the Rome over. And, and this is, you know, the, the, the Trojan war and then the Aeneid, uh, interpretation of it is a great example of that. But um, Paris is, he, he's a mythological being. Um, in fact, I, I, I've looked into him a little bit too. And it said that like uh, his, there was essentially a foretelling that his birth would bring the end of Troy. And so they were like, let's kill the kid. But like, nobody wanted to kill the kid because he was really pretty. So they tried to kill him of exposure by leaving him out. It didn't work. Uh, apparently a, a bear came up and suckled him and took care of him. And then the guy who was, like farmers found him and um, uh, he, he grew up, he, he fought these, this band of thieves while he was like shepherding and he actually got the name Alexandros or Alexander. And I didn't realize this because I, in a few like Britannica and a few um, Wikipedia headings and things like that, it'll say Paris or Alexander or slash Alexandros. And I was like, I've never heard him call that. And Alexander means defender of men. And so he defended men by, punching cattle thieves um or whatever they were these brigands he he stopped them and so i just thought that was kind of wild too i never realized that that's that connection so like alex that's it looks like that's where the name alexander really started getting its its um fame the mythological fame so uh, i i imagine that's where like alexander the great got his name because it's like oh, i'll be like paris except i won't destroy troy <laughs> and uh, but uh, and i just mentioned though the, the bear suckling him cammy who else was suckled by what and then found what <laughs> Fill in the Romulus blanks. and Remus were yeah. suckled by a, a she wolf. That's right. And Very famously they found in Rome. Right. Um, not not Reem. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. So I don't know. Um, that was mentioned in some of the Britannica stuff that I have. I don't know if. Oh man, I I I need to see if maybe that was inspired by the if that was a Roman thought that he was suckled by a bear, I don't think I have that handy, but it's, re it's really interesting. Um, so 
the the judgment of paris it's it's as old as the stories of troy uh, it, it has a really interesting tangling of the trojan people paris interacting with the gods so directly like literally like just hanging out judging a beauty contest um <laughs> by the gods and zeus like what were you thinking not you gotta appease Discord in some way. Her name is Discord. Like, <laughs> come on, um, something bad's gonna happen. But so uh, a a very interesting tale. Um, the Golden Apple is a really interesting part too. I, that actually made me think about uh, like Golden Apples are featured in Norse mythology as well. Um, they're they're very prominent. So that's I think that's something that we should touch upon at some point. Look into golden fruit in history. I'm sure that there's got to be something really great there. But um, yeah, this this has been retold uh, through script, uh, through through writing, through classical literature, but through sculptures, through paintings, um, going back from Homer's time and beyond, and prominently came up it, during the Latin uh, rise. It it maintained just as much importance and was included in many things many names that i've seen that i've mentioned before um pausanias's description of greece um ptolemy hephaestion new history uh pseudo apollodorus the biblioteca these are I, I mentioned these a lot before these kind of range from like the second um century uh bce to second ad um so just kind of for a range this was very much important and imbued in the, the learned scholars of the classical to the Roman period. So just to kind of uh, flout the importance of it, um, of course, like Homer was always studied uh, in Greek and then later like Latin schoolings, it was important to, to study Homer. And this was uh, an important part of it as well, the judgment of Paris. And again, I, it just symbolizes how, how important Troy is to the histories of not only the Greeks, because you know, those who conquered Troy were the Greeks. And then according to sort of the Roman um, sense of self, the the people who fled Troy would later become Romans. And according to Snorri Sturluson, you can listen to episode two when we talk about Thor's hammer. Snorri Sturluson, 14th century or 15th century Icelandic uh, chieftain, I guess he's the best way. He was, like, he was a, a scholar. Uh, he even writes that Odin was a son of King Priam. So if if you want to go like crazy deep, it it all comes to Troy and and how important it is. Um, so yes, I, I think that pretty much covers it. Please take a look at some of our other episodes. Troy, especially, was really fun. I actually watched the movie Troy, the 2004 movie Troy, since we did that episode. I think I, we watched it like last fall. Kyle and I did. She she hadn't seen it, so we watched it. It wasn't was too it, bad. Did it hold up? Or yeah, it it um it has some cheesy bits. It is a pretty good re like retelling. You know, they don't lean on like there's no mythical intervention essentially. Like Achilles is super strong and badass, and he's not immortal. Like he just doesn't die. You know, um, it's, I it's not like he's not liking that. Like they're because they're you know the gods didn't come down and help with the battles. Well, they do sort of. I mean, they do in the way that they would have in real life, where it's the interpretation of it afterwards. Sure. Um, and uh it's just it, it, the, the cast is just so great like sean bean is odysseus and brad pitt's achilles and like i said uh orlando bloom it, it is such a great way and while it does uh take liberties with so much um 
it wouldn't I wouldn't have really gotten interested in Greek culture in a way that I did when I was that age, when I saw it in, in theaters um, without it. So it, it, watch those movies. I encourage people to watch those movies because you'll either like walk out with a little grain of knowledge or you'll go want to kind of explore it more and then go, oh, well, this is how it really was. Um, again, it, it's all not real. So it doesn't. <laughs> it's like yelling at me for like getting a Spider-Man fact wrong. So please... Um, <laughs> Let's take this a little easy uh, with all that. But uh, yeah, really fun stuff. I, I, I keep finding out what, what blows my mind is I keep finding out how this this one little blip of an event is truly the root of like a national identity for so many cultures um, and, and how you would have this the later during the late medieval um, to the Renaissance and even into the Enlightenment you would had these people like Snorri Sturluson, an Icelandic dude who was trying to connect those dots to Troy. And legitimize a culture. Exactly. There's even, I, I, I should have um, written it down, a, a famous Welsh poet. Was it Joffrey Monmouth? That's uh, a famous poet. Geoffrey of Monmouth. Yes, Ah, the history of the kings of Britain, uh, Degescus Britonum, or the Historia Reg Regum Britanniae. I'll, I'll, this will be my last little like Brian's talking too much thing. <laughs> um, in this, the history of the kings of Britain, um, Geoffrey Monmouth was a famous, famous Welsh priest, and he was a Welsh priest during the Norman invasion. And um, he, what he kind of did was uh, he wrote this history of the kings of Britain in, in Latin, you know, so he wanted it to be accessible um, as it was written in Latin. That was the, the way all the countries talked because there were so many different languages, but that's how they, the, the, the educated communicated. And he wrote this. And in that, he actually connects the word um, Britain comes from in his uh, works comes from a, a man whose name was Britain, who was a Trojan, who mm. like Odin, like uh, Aeneid, like see, like there's these 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 like four guys, and they're like Odin, go to Germany, start doing stuff there. Britain, there's a great little island, just go chill there. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Italy. I'll see you guys in like a couple few thousand years, and we'll start the world wars. Cool. All right, dap, and then they're gone. So, um, yeah, anyway, this is an, a 12th century text that also tries to establish uh, the British island, the people of the British islands, the Normans. He's actually trying to appease the Normans because there's sort of a, a weird way that you can connect the Normans to like indigenous Britons or at least like invaders from the 5th century. So he's trying to appease to that. And anyway, it's all these these extremely smart, learned scholars of their times are just trying to legitimize their country's ethnic and national identity by connecting it to Troy. And that's wild. That's super in insane. <laughs> I think that's it. That's I'm done. Okay. Um, everyone. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Cami, thanks for your story. I, I hope everyone, if you hadn't heard about the judgment of Paris, you walk out a little more knowledge before, like I have, um, let us know if you have any suggestions. Remember we're on, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
Um, here's a little banner. And then you can also, you know, mystery.threadless.com is where you can buy uh, themed things with our stuff on it. Uh, I think that covers it. We're still doing uh, the pop uh, episodes with Cody, popular opinion episodes where we're talking about myth stuff there. So check out his channel. Yeah, we just did Chupacabra. That was really fun to revisit. Yeah. Uh, everyone, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Oh, oh. All right, I just Googled it for the, the bear and the suckling. It looks like it came from like a gathering from 1932, uh, a book called The Myth of the Birth of the Hero. So it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it was it, it looks like it was something that someone added later. So I, I think that the Roman, the Romulus and Ramus um, suckling may have inspired that addition to the story later. Oh, I would assume the other way around, but yeah, that's cool. That's, that's what I was. Yeah, I was thinking someone's like, well, Ramius and Ramus got suckled. So 